Ant-Man and the Wasp is the first film in the MCU to come out after Avengers Infinity War. We had a lot of high stakes after Infinity War. A lot of things were going on. We didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know what happened to our beloved characters. And then we had to go back down to some of our, you know, hometown heroes, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, This movie has been getting a lot of great reviews. And it kind of acted as a great palate cleanser to the traumatic uh, events of what happened in Infinity War and is a great lead-up to what is going to be happening next spring. So, guys, uh, I am welcomed back by uh, our good friend Chris. Hey, that's me. I'm Chris. Hello, Anthony. And we have over here... Izzy? Izzy? Hi. Oh, shoot. Hi, it's me. Did you forget Hi, her name for a second? Because yes. that was a dramatic pause. <laughs> no, I, I had to wait for Izzy to say Izzy's name. Okay, we've, we've, been, <laughs> we've been doing this show for a while. I'd be shocked. If, uh... <laughs> and I'm Anthony, and uh, this is AP Marvel. So, uh, so guys, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, Chris, do you want to take it away first? Uh, it sucked. No, uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um... I don't know. I kind of I've been going back and forth on this movie. I I saw it um uh the Saturday uh after it came out. And I had really high expectations. I was I was really excited for the the wacky sense of um not not, not the wacky sense of humor, but just the, the um they were going f- uh further with the size growing and shrinking from what I saw from the trailers. Uh, and this was, they they no longer had the shadow of Edgar Wright's departure. This was um, something they can just make on their own to prove mm-hmm. that yeah, we can we can do this thing. Yeah, you know, we can make our own goddamn Ant Man movie. Uh, so I felt actually watching the movie that most of the stuff that I was looking forward to um, weren't really expanded, and it was all kind of confined to all of the trailer shots. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I was definitely grabbed by like the uh not the Co- opening which was literally copy paste from like this is how Janet Van Dyne disappeared, but with Michelle Pfeiffer's voice. Uh I thought that was kinda of disappointing that they just did that. Uh but the whole sequence of Scott Lang in House Arrest was actually really fun to watch. Just that whole little um fantasy kind of dungeon thing that yeah, he did with his daughter was really adorable, uh, really funny, um, really creative, and just this this kind of montage of him just trying to keep busy, you know, in his two uh, two years of house arrest. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, like that was like this feels like a different movie. It, I'm really it definitely into this. It definitely brought him. It, it showed a a better light of who he is as a character that we kind of been missing totally. in the MCU. Yeah. That I uh, yeah. that I really liked. It, like mm-hmm. right out of the get go, it was kind of like, oh. There's no no crazy sci-fi shit, no yeah, no yeah. like um aliens, just 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 a person. Just a person um, hanging a out with a man and his card tricks. Man yeah. a man and his card tricks and his daughter. So I I ants. Yeah. Where where things started to go awry was um when the actual plot started. <laughs> um because it, it just became a thing of 
uh, we gotta get the thing, and we gotta go here to get the thing, and then we gotta get the thing back, because we lost the thing, and then now we got the thing back, but then we gotta get another thing, and, um, it, it felt very by the numbers, uh, just the, the mm. whole, uh, and, you know, you're gonna take us on this discussion, oh, yeah, but the, the whole MacGuffin yes. of the lab, yeah. of the freaking suitcase lab, I did not know how important that freaking lab was gonna be for this entire movie. Um, because I think I was misled by the trailer mm-hmm. when um, there's a little line where Luis is like, he's like, Dr. Pym, you opened up the quantum realm. So I was like, oh, cool. This movie is going to like begin with them already figuring out the quantum realm and how to travel through it. But in actuality, it was the, the entire movie, they were trying to figure out uh, how to get there. Um, so th- that's why I was expecting more janet van dyne that's why i was expecting more quantum realm nonsense mm-hmm. um and uh you know it ended with all of those cool um shots in the trailer of like the car chase like i thought that was a really good car chase mm-hmm. yeah. um and then the movie just kind of ended <laughs> yeah. i was like okay yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it just I, i'm glad that was low stakes but it's like wow it just <laughs> it just ended the movie just right there mm-hmm. um so i think by the end i thought it was more imaginative than the first ant-man movie but it was a little harder to digest just because it was just so like stuffed with all of these like um tasks and objectives gotcha and uh it wasn't i i it was hard to track what was happening and of course none of the signs made any goddamn sense so that was even like uh but we'll we'll get to more specific points later but uh, i want to pass the baton to izzy because i've been talking a lot right now (laughs) izzy yeah i i came with like high expectations and also low expectations because I also can't, as I love the first anime movie mm-hmm. and the trailer looks pretty fun and I was pretty excited to see it but at the same time I just come off of Infinity War and I felt like well I, I felt like you know Ant-Man was just sort of another stepping stone on the way to Avengers 4 like this is just another movie I have to get through to help me understand more about the future and just something that tied me over, and I had, I had a lot of fun, but I also agree with Chris that like I wish we'd seen more of the quantum realm. I definitely wish we'd seen more of Janet. I know we'll get into that. Um, and I, but for the most part, I just couldn't like. I think I, I for the most part, I always had like a smile on my face whenever I was watching it. Like the jokes sort of stuck more of a landing. Mm-hmm. I think that. I feel like sort of the Ant-Man quote-unquote franchise will always sort of have the shadow of Edgar Wright in general because, you know, just of how it's, just because of how it started and how big that became. Mm-hmm. And just since that's how the first film was known or it's probably going to carry over here as well. But I enjoyed it a lot. I thought that I was surprised by how refreshed I felt. Um, when it was very grounded and then actually so fresh I guess that when we got to the end like post credit scene which we'll definitely talk about later I would just completely did not expect it my mouth was on the floor did you just because were you expecting like uh an infinity war crossover like thing or were you not expecting like oh all of them were to be snapped I 
came in sort of with Infinity War, I knew that. Like, sort of, yeah, in time with Infinity War, I came in really not expecting really any ties because they, I know, they, Marvel was being so secretive about it that they would rather honestly die than, like, give anything away. And so I <laughs> said, like, you know, if they give me something, great. If they don't, that's also fine. Okay. But I didn't expect anything to, like, be of, I guess, that magnitude. Yeah. And, like, I got that same, I remember just, like, getting that same feeling from getting yeah. more, like, yeah, mouth on the floor, like, sh- my my body was, like, shaking. Yeah, I had, I, I had, in I had, yeah, I had people, uh, I had people, like, freak out in my movie theater, too, which, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, because the way that they've actually been, uh, going off of what you were saying about, like, the surprise reaction and, like, what happened with, like, when they all got turned to Ash, Marvel's been kind of going with it. Like, rolling with, like, the big joke of, like, haha, we killed them all, where, like, the most recent trailer for the DVD uh, started with, like, it said Marvel Studios, and then it all wiped to ash, and then the end showed the, the title sequence, and then that all wiped to ash. It's like, yeah, we get it. You killed them all? I think, I think like, that point has been made clear. Um, See, they're gleeful. I, they're gleeful at the chaos. Of exactly, created. and I they're like they're, like I understand. Looking out this. the window, yeah. it's like the end of Fight Club. They're watching all of the banks explode, and they're just like reveling in their exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Their See, yeah. See what yeah. Disney. See what Disney slash Marvel has has realized. I guess because there's this thing like the Ash wipe has also become a meme. Yeah, and the meme is now in that phase where it's mainstream. Yeah. So now Disney and Marvel is just making it mainstream. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, capitalizing on like it's mine. Yeah, and the movie it's kind my of meme. The kind of movie kind of like did a lot of riffs on like what other things have happened in the MCU. We'll get to it later, but like the the disguise thing. So it doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like that far fetched to think like oh we're going to make a joke about like them dying as like everyone knows about it at this point. So we're not going to have to need any context to explain it and everyone's gonna understand like what this means and what this they know what they're doing exactly they're wired in they know what we are thinking exactly. which is why going into the theater i was 110 percent sure there is going to be an infinity war tie-in yeah um i i was absolutely sure it was going to be mid-credits and st- still though I, there was a part of me that was dreading it happening before the credits. So, like uh-huh. when they were watching the drive-in at the drive-in theater. As as soon as as uh, soon as it started happening, I like as soon as like I saw like the 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 mini quantum mini quantum realm like yeah, teleporter yeah. in the car. I was just like, oh okay, Ant-Man's like Scott's gonna go in and everyone else is gonna get snapped. Like that's what's yeah, gonna they, happen. They're, and like yeah, I, I mean, was and the, so like while it was happening, I didn't really catch any of the dialogue because it didn't really matter. So I was like thinking, okay. Scott's going to be trapped mm-hmm. in there. How are they going to get him out? And then it happens. And then I'm just like, right. shit, how are they going to get him out? But I was not expecting all three of them. Yeah, okay. I was, uh, were- so I, mem- I remember like when that, when that scene started, I was just, I was like kind of uh, whispering to Laura next to me. I was like, are they, are they going to show it? <laughs> and then, they, and then they showed I think it. actually <laughs> they did a really good job of that, but we'll get in that to more. We'll get more into that later. Yeah, because um, my theater also went. Cra- everyone just, everyone in the row in front of me, everyone in the row in front of me, they all went no. It's like what? Are, what do you <laughs> yeah, expect? <laughs> what do you expect? Uh, but I mean, like the fact that like yeah. people had like yeah. a guttural reaction to that, like yeah. to that moment, shows that like yeah, the impact is still there. 
and mm-hmm. in like it's been like two months. Yeah, and like, like you know, yeah. three I mean, months. Yeah. yeah, and and I feel like the movie uh kind of had like this feeling of oh, this is like some happy, fun little adventure that what happened at the end kind of like was like that twist that like was the tie-in, yeah. but like made you made you like woke you back up to realizing like yep, this is still a thing. This still happened. Yeah, I mean, we have it was a it was a happy movie, but there was a little bit there was a there was an extra page at the end of the exactly. issue. It was like to be continued. Exactly, in it was a happy so movie if you left before the credits. With a, yeah, exactly. Yes, with it. Yeah, because I mean, you know, tra- traditionally movies end when the credits start. Yep. Uh, Marvel Marvel does it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they extend the story towards credits, or they just give them a little hint. Mm-hmm. Um and what's coming next, yep. uh, and it's it's just whatever the filmmaker at in that particular project wants to do. Yep. Uh, the funny thing about the post credit scene, uh, the like the after the credits. Yes, yes. I mean, I wanted the, the... I wanted to get more into that later because I oh, actually, sure. like okay. I yeah. actually have like a very interesting understanding of like what that okay. that yeah. that scene yeah. represents, and it shows something that like that Infinity War didn't show, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I thought that that yeah. was much. Like it was actually the worst, like the creepier of the two scenes. It was not not be, was. not because like like who got snapped in that scene, but like like just, just like the, the feeling of like what happened. Yeah, in the that atmosphere. Scene. The atmosphere. Yeah, and I but think even that's still, like that's even yeah. wait, even still. I the credits were rolling. I turned to all my buddies I was watching the movie with, and I said, "This this end credit scene. It better not be." The ant playing drums. <laughs> That's what I said verbatim, without knowing what the end credits scene would be. And you know, it shot off the open door, uh, empty house. And then you, then you, then you um, saw the TV. Well, I want to, yeah, I want to get to more into the detail of okay, it. But yeah, sure. Sorry, uh, but I went nuts. But, but uh, I, tur- I, I ended up liking that scene. But yeah, we, we can yeah. jump back to that whenever so, we want to. So I, so my opinion of the movie, just to give like a broader understands like, i really liked it a lot i thought that a lot of the jokes landed a lot i thought that there was a lot of great character play i thought that the there was a lot of really dumb science that like i was just like <laughs> all right and then kind of like afterwards like after seeing the film i was just like there was a lot of like a lot more science in this like a lot more like explanation of like what needs to be done than in any other marvel movie and i thought that was weird and interesting um, and I actually thought that had, may have had a con- like may have a connection to what we're going to see in Avengers Four. So like people have like mm-hmm. an understanding of like oh they have to do this this and this and like this happens because of this and it's like <laughs> like we don't when we go into it they don't have to super explain that to us because we understand how the the quantum realm works, um, which is like fine but like whatever I thought that I thought that Ghost was kind of cool I thought that Ghost is uh like villainous like like ghost as the antagonist was interesting and i thought that it was an interesting play on how like marvel does villains um which i think is which is pretty good i think i like like that approach i don't like we'll discuss whether or not she was done well um but i actually liked like the overall idea of what they were getting at um but yeah i I really like the movie i thought that there was a lot of like great points in it i think it's a great um, as I said in the intro, a great palate cleanser to what Infinity War was, where it was like this bim bomb, like Infinity War was this big bombastic event, and Infinity War and uh, Ant Man and the Wasp was much more down to earth, human little adventure where there was like guys, like it was just like it showed what 
real people are doing in the MCU. And I thought that was really cool and interesting. Um, so yeah, um, uh, uh, Peyton Reed said that uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp felt like, um, well, like as my friends described it, a reverse heist movie. But Peyton Reed said it was kind of like an escape movie. Um, do you guys feel the same way in any capacity, or do you think it's like something else? Chris? I felt, I felt it... like a chase movie. I don't oh, know chase what, movie, what, okay. What what would you say escape movie even means? Like, what are they escaping from? Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I feel like they're, like, that it's countdown like timer, that countdown timer at mm-hmm. the end, and them escaping the quantum mm-hmm. realm was right. kind of like, they're on a time limit, so they have to get out or do something and go through a process before time runs out. So maybe that's where the escape part is. Or that yeah. would have been such a cooler concept if that was the entire yeah. movie instead of just like five, ten minutes. Yeah, like that end sequence <laughs> is like very escape movie-esque. Uh like that the third act is just escape like like as soon as as soon as like they get the uh as soon as they get the building back and then they're bouncing it around and then Ant Man goes massive um and then steals it. Like that whole thing was very much escape movie. Um, but, um, I don't think, like, the middle of the movie felt like that, or, like, or, like, even, like, the, like, I, it it felt interesting because it was just, like, Ant, Ant Ant-Man is just, like, Scott and is just being dragged along to, like, a dumb adventure because they have to force him. Yeah, it feels more of, like, uh, honestly, it feels, like, more of, like, a, like a movie with a bunch of just a bunch of MacGuffins because you had Janet like trying to get her back from the quantum realm and like just within the larger sphere, <coughs> the lab itself. Mm-hmm. Like, like in an interview with Fandango, Peyton Reed actually said it was Peyton Reed said it also it was a kind of like a rescue movie as well with yeah Jan- like with Janet at the focus mm-hmm. and it definitely. I think it's definitely hidden a lot more just by like the action and just like yeah. all like this all of these games of hot potato with like the lab. And yeah. The, but it's definitely, like, like, yeah. quantum part, but it made for, I think it's like a good surface, like entertainment level. It feels like, I feel like the best way to describe it at like, at minimum mm-hmm. is like a very, very good, like typical action movie. Yeah. But then you add on like all the layers of like, you know, emotion, death, and the characters, which yeah. I think make this movie. But I think, uh, then you have but yeah, I think, uh, I think actually, like, now that I'm thinking about it, escape movie and like, or like a chase movie makes sense. Cause like, I was thinking about like classic chase and escape movies of, um, like, uh, Fast and the Furious. And like, obviously, this isn't Fast and the Furious, but there's, you know, the car sequence. They're like, oh, they just got captured by one guy's and then they broke out of that. And then they did their thing, but they were still on the run from the FBI, so they had to escape from that. And then the FBI was still chasing after them, so Ant Man, so Scott had to head home and make a disguise of like this, and then they had to escape from that. And so there was there was levels of like them trying to beat out one or the other groups, and there was like always a time limit of like, oh, Aunt, uh, Scott needs to be home, or the the FBI is gonna get it there, or something like that. So that's where that's like where i'm thinking of like why it could be an escape movie or yeah why it could be a, a chase lot of movie. factions to play a lot of yeah. things to track which but like i i actually kind of liked having like multiple different people coming for them mm-hmm. which which i think is where this this escape concept comes from like you had two and like you had three separate groups of people chasing after them all with different motives and different agendas which i thought was like kind of interesting yeah, totally. and, kind of, and i thought that that was a, a nice way to kind of like Instead of like 
make this kind of like this big end of the world thing. Just make it like, yep, they're just trying to get away from cops. And, uh, you know, uh, one bad guy who just, you know, like is a shit. And the other guy and the other person is just like, I, I, I just want to not die. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then another the group is just like, they're just really doing their job. Yeah. I think the yeah. multiple, yeah, the multiple factions do a, like, sort of make the film, like, are a great way of, like, just sort of making the film bigger, even though it's a smaller, yeah. Like, sort of a smaller world. Yeah. 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 World that we're yeah there's a lot of texture at. to, uh, yeah. like, this little portion of the larger universe. Yeah. Um, found it interesting that Sonny Birch, um, there's there's like scummy business dudes like they weren't even like particularly evil people yeah um you know they used truth serum on the ex-con dudes they didn't like execute them brutally at the end yeah. it's like okay we're done with you like it, yeah, they were exactly. just like they're just like common criminals you know yeah um i thought that the uh what was it i thought that the 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 use of randall park was fucking awesome <laughs> jimmy woo yeah he's so great yeah i thought it was a lot of fun i thought i thought his character was a really interesting kind of like like silly but like down to earth use of like like character that like yeah. was like yeah. still chasing after Scott but like or like or basically Hope and uh Hank but like mm-hmm. Scott kind of got in the way and there was like it 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 I felt like his character was was uh used in a really great way um and I, like in future Ant-Man movies I think that like having his character show up cuz they they're going to they're going to need to kind of show him i think yeah in the future it's so show, it's so easy a... for that stock government official yeah character to be like boring and just full of exposition yeah and he's and... and then you see like a scene of him in like their fbi headquarters trying to learn how to do the car trick and yeah. i thought that was yeah. like a really <laughs> interesting kind of like human moment that was mm-hmm. that kind of showed a lot of what this film was uh was going for mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, a, a, a big part of this movie was its comedy, and I think a lot of people are talking about how the jokes were were really funny. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it definitely hyped, like definitely hyped it up from Ant Man One. Um, what do you guys think? Did you think that? Uh, did you guys? So, like, a, a big thing was like the the movie was funnier, but did it have like a lasting joke? Did you think that there was like were there any big jokes that stood out to you guys? What were your favorites? Um, when when you mean lasting joke, you mean like made yeah. a lasting impression? Kind of like the Baskin like, Robbins joke from Ant Man One. I would say, I would say uh, Scott as a kid. Yeah, I think that was by far the funniest part of the movie. Yeah, I I, I like that a lot. I thought that the um, car trick joke was really big, and I thought that it it did like by the end of the movie where uh they uh they like when. They had the giant suit, and then it shrunk down, and and uh, Randall Park's character was just like, "Oh, uh, it's just like another card trick." And uh, I felt that that was a a really great way to use it uh, all the way through. Uh, it's, without it's a good running gag. without it getting yeah. it didn't get old by the end. And I thought that like that yeah. that's something that like to a lot of people at the when they first showed that joke, it's like, "Oh, this is gonna get old," but it but didn't. The thing about the the Scott as a kid, though, it's just oh, the, that was so cute. Just, that was so funny. So the absurdity of it, and yeah. then they they heightened that absurdity by having like this chiptune version of the Ant Man thing yeah. in the background. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. They just they just kept like yeah. doing things like he's like <laughs> trying like trying to jump up to reach the copy hole. Uh, the, the teacher away from who, the hall monitor. Yeah, yeah, the, the hall pass thing. And he's like, he's like, oh, whatever. It's like, yeah, that's that's realistic, and, that, and, and like, the teacher would do like, that. And he's running down the stairs. Like, a little, <laughs> like, 
like like how a kid party. with a giant sweater does with like the arm like the, the yeah. sweater arms yeah. flailing yeah. up and down and i thought that yeah. was like really <laughs> funny and he got in the car and hank was like making fun of him and like a really yeah like i thought that that was a really great joke and it was a really human kind of like that's a thing that like you would actually react to to seeing seeing that dumb shit so. um everyone yeah. everyone groans at the comparing sizes gag that was also the trailer yeah i didn't i thought that that yeah. joke was kind of like meh I thought that was like it was it was it was better. like it was it was like on the level of like female character reminds male character to uh, put the toilet seat down. Yeah. It was like that level of cliche, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um it was it was it was lame. It was I funny. thought I I liked <laughs> Luis's explanation. Oh, absolutely. I thought that was yeah. I thought that was really funny yeah. and I thought that like all the characters, all the actors like because uh, like in the first in the first Ant Man, it was a bunch of random characters basically describing like going mm-hmm. through Louise's story. Whereas with this one, it was all the characters we already knew going through yeah. the story. Yeah. So yeah. seeing their crazy like their their facial reactions to like what Louise was saying was it was very funny. Like especially Hope's face and Scott's face was like yeah. it was just saw, very funny. Yeah, I saw tweets. I oh, go ahead, Izzy. Yeah, when I was wa- when I was watching like the Louise's Louise's storytelling scene, I couldn't stop thinking about how much fun Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly must have yeah. had yep. filming yeah. this too. Yeah, I and it that just was made right. me smile even more. Yeah, and it was just it was really good. I I saw I remember like I'd seen like sort of Instagram ads for it, and I'm like, no, I'm not watching this. I'm saving yeah. this for the movie. Yeah, it has to be preserved. It's it, I imagine it will be like drunk history, but harder yeah. because they they're talking faster. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw a tweet today from one uh, Charles Villanueva of MCU Exchange. He suggested uh, he was he said it was disappointed that they that Luis didn't sum up parts of Civil War like the airport fight because it would have been great to have a cameo of like Chris Evans and like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like going through in that. Luis yeah, I think that I, been great. I think actually it would be great if they do like. It's if like somehow Louise knows the what happens in Avengers four or like because like we we sure, don't know yeah. how how like the world's gonna know about what happens with the Avengers but like Louise describing what happens in the Avengers mm-hmm. of like breakdown and then have that that would be kind of cool I think that the civil I think doing too much of the Civil War would have been like weird and uncomfortable especially because it was like two years ago um I thought that it might have been like a little bit off putting. Yeah. Um, like I mean, was, I, it would have been like, and eh, this is too old. We're kind of like way past that, like, mm-hmm. like in in our story and like emotionally. So I was like, yeah, eh, yeah. I don't just the whole concept of him explaining where like, Scott Lang yeah, is emotionally definitely. and not physically. Exactly. Is <laughs> yes, I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, a lot of the other jokes I liked too, where like he kept naming, he had like different funny names for the ants that he had. Yeah. Uh, like, and then the seagulls kept calling them. <laughs> Antonio, that was so <laughs> yeah, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Uh, um, yeah. oh, I can't remember any of the other ones. Yeah, there was a there was um, a there was a bunch of them that I thought was like really cool. I thought Ulysses that, S. Grant. Yeah, there, uh, I thought that the uh, the joke about the uh, about like um, the ant going through the process, <laughs> and then it was just like, wait, Scott, why do you spend three hours in the bathroom? I thought that oh, that was a was great routine. I thought yeah. that was like a great gag. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that his whole sequence, like what he does alone, like learning the card tricks, playing the drums, uh, being in the yep. bathroom for three hours was like really funny. Um, and I thought that was like a really great way to like just show like, oh, he is. Oh, he's bored. Oh, he's really bored. 
uh, the, the whole trio of the ex-con dudes are always fun to watch. Yeah. 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 I thought that that was, uh, I thought that they were really funny. I thought that, um, uh, Judy Greer and, um, why am I, uh, Bobby, 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 Bobby Cannavale, who went to see him, you, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, which oh. is really cool. I remember the first movie I ever saw with him, I think was, uh, was Annie. Musical. Oh, oh, the, the remake. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just uh, like, Blue Jasmine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I probably may have seen him in other things. But the only one, the one that I remembered initially was Annie, yeah. the remake. And I was like, oh god. Um, but yeah, he was. I, it, I thought yeah, that it, I thought that they're like, like Judy Greer and Bobby Cannavale's characters were really nice. And I thought that like having them be like really caring for Scott was really nice to see. Like it wasn't like there wasn't any disdain or anything yeah, or like a positive like there was divorce. Yeah, they weren't like dynamic. they like they knew that maybe Scott was sneaking yeah. out and stuff, but they didn't really like they really didn't hate that. They just like they cared about him, and I thought that that was really nice and really sweet. Like like they knew about what he did with like in Civil War, and like they mm-hmm. weren't like why did you do that? Blah blah blah. You made it worse and stuff. And it's like no, they just they they understand what he did, and like they they just care about him. I think that's like really. Yeah. I think that's really sweet, and I thought that was. I mean, one one of the best shots of the movie was when they're all uh, hugging when, each other. Yeah. No, it's um. Uh, when, I was thinking when they it... were watching the news, and yes. uh, you see the par- you see the parents like kind of shocked, and then it it pans down to Cassie, and she's like devilishly smiling, yeah, 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 like, yeah. gleefully, like that's yeah, like I'm gonna be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that the the I think Judy Greer's character and Bobby's character was really nice, and like that, mm-hmm. like when they would all hug Scott, and like Bobby would just come in and then hug him in the end. And I was like, oh, that's this is really nice. This, yeah. like and like isn't this how you want like wholesome. divorced parents parents to like yeah. interact with each other, mm-hmm. like in that kind of way where it's like, oh, this is nice, this is sweet, and I think that's like, yeah. and it kind of like it's a bigger thing about like how family works in this movie. And about yeah. like kind of coming together and reconciliation for a lot of like past sins and stuff. Um, it's refreshing to see something uh, to see a healthy relationship. Exactly, a healthy a healthy divorce relationship. I think is really mm-hmm. nice um, yeah. to see. And I and seeing like Cassie be like happy and okay um, in some capacity, I think is really also great to see. Um, and I like I just I liked her character a lot and how she kind of like help Scott understand more about himself and what he needed to do moving forward. Um, but uh, well, so, some, yeah, some, did, so some of the other, th- uh, so sorry, Chris, you were going to say something about this. Yeah. How did you all react to to her? Um, like saying like, Oh, you need a partner. And you know, she was suggesting herself and she goes, uh, don't laugh. I was just um, in this little serious moment. moment. I think that might be a little, a little tease to what might happen in the future. Um, because uh-huh. we all know that Cassie, um, becomes a superpower a superhero at some capacity right but in the moment like it, yeah. it, it was it was something kind of sad like, as a about joke, that yeah like, as yeah. A joke, i was like uh, like i i could see yeah. how like it could have been like how it could have been like how sort of like scott took it in that direction it's like i see that and that's weird but i thought it's like oh it's just a cute 11 year old being a kid yeah, i was kind of like oh but like I, that, I, that poor little girl but i like, think that like <laughs> I, I think it was great seeing like like the intro scene remember with them like hanging out and doing yeah. stuff together and it's like i think that like teases a, a really interesting dynamic for them in the future for like her actually coming and helping her father and i think that's like mm-hmm. really sweet and well needed in the mcu and i mean we've talked about this with our in our hawkeye episode about like family and how family needs to work and stuff and 
like down to earth relatability um and like yeah hawkeye was that and i but i think ant-man is more of like how real people interact in the mcu and i really i really appreciated that and i think i think we got a lot of how like real people interact in the mcu when they had that lampshading joke of of disguises um which mm. which i this think was the like one where um no one no yeah. one got the joke no one got the joke in the theater, and I was the only one cackling because, uh, as I've talked about in the Infinity War episode about how I dressed up in like the 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 classic uh, MCU disguise for when we got went to go see Infinity War. Yeah, when we went to go see <laughs> Infinity War, I was just like, I get this. I mean, like, because I was just infatuated by it, <laughs> and it was just like, why is no one else getting this joke? Do you guys understand like how the MCU works? And I thought that was casual. I thought that was great. I thought that there was like, it was just a very, very on the nose joke of like, mm-hmm. Hey, aren't people going to see us? We're just wearing a hat and sunglasses. We, we put ourselves <laughs> into a baseball game. I think, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Izzy, were you going to say something? I thought you, you sounded like you want to say something. I, know, I was just going to ask like which scene. That joke was referred to. Was it the scene where um, they were going out to the college campus to go find Bill Foster? Oh, I thought that was. Oh, oops! I thought that was the scene where um, no Scott like brings him like their disguise, brings him like the wasp closet for um, Hope, and then he gives Hank Pym just an FBI suit and I had sunglasses. So I thought it was that. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, gotcha, confused. gotcha. No, no, this was like the the joke on like Captain America's disguises. And stuff. Oh. And, well, I mean. <laughs> And Iron Man uses that disguise too in Iron Man three, but yeah. Yeah. Um so did you guys did you guys think that it was like how the consequences of Civil War affected Scott were were played out pretty well? Do you think they were utilized well or did you think that you wanted them to go more into that? As I said earlier, I don't think they needed to. I think it was kind of like I don't know how they would have gotten more into it. I think that was pretty cut and dry. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean like, if, you, I, if you watch Infinity War and like that didn't get sorry to cut you off, Chris, like if you watch Infinity yeah. War and you didn't understand what happened from that, then I think Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something wrong. But I think you know, they really didn't need more as well. Like, I was telling, um, so I made my friend, um, I made a friend at CMU who's watched literally no Marvel movies except maybe four really random ones, um, watch Ant-Man, um, and that's, like, setting up that, oh, maybe I'll take the Ant-Man and the Wasp afterwards. And I, re- and, like, after I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, I realized that he really didn't need to watch it. Like, he could have just walked in without watching, he honestly could have walked in without watching any Marvel movie and probably understood a good portion. I think, I think this is a, it's a good sequel to Ant-Man in that, like, if you want to understand more of like the story, just watch Ant-Man one and then you you could get this. Um, and I think that's, and that's what, what Marvel does really well is that it kind of breaks off like the individual character stories, but then is able to bring it into the overall um overall yeah. like adventure and stuff and what this like um, and as you say tv show type of thing where each movie is an episode we'll get more into that in a little yeah, bit because there was a yeah, there was a yeah. good piece of exposition it was jimmy Wu explaining this entire situation to yeah Jesse, but they turned that into a gag of like how he's like unable to connect with children yeah uh, yes it's like wow you're you're great with kids yeah yeah, yeah like that that was a that was a good way to deliver it yeah a really good joke yeah um so going going into like kind of like the whole movie and certain aspects of it, did you guys like some of the fighting sequences? Do you guys think that a lot of it was kind of like as I feel and I as you guys also feel? Do you guys think that a lot of the fighting was 
shown already in the trailers. Which yes, which which I mean kind of sucks because like this movie has like a lot of different things happening and the trailers are only a few minutes long and most of the most of the fighting sequences are already shown. Um, which Absolutely. is this is I think Infinity War kind of had the same problem where like Infinity War has three big sort of quote unquote set pieces or like sequence set pieces sequences it and was they, the and Wakanda, they sh- the fight on Titan and then. Just whatever. The, the New York stuff. The New York, the New York stuff. And the, and the New York stuff. And I've seen, and we've seen a lot, or like at least like a yeah. handful of pieces from everything that I felt like, well, there's nothing really There was no real su- surprise set piece mm-hmm. in Infinity War, um, which I, th- well, like and going back to. Yeah, I feel like there was no real, like maybe the forest. Uh, was kind of like a surprise. I think that maybe like the, um, oh yeah, like how the like the inside of the building of like the building that they were trying to escape from and Scott's house were all kind of like unique set pieces that weren't really shown mm-hmm. in the trailers. But yeah, yeah, I think that like all the major like fighting sequences were kind of already revealed. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. I was expecting some crazy quantum realm thing to happen. I was like, that's yeah, a thing they can't show in the trailers, and then. Uh, I don't know. He he escaped from giant tardigrades. Blobs Tardig- tar- tardigrades. They're tardigrades. They're an actual oh, sure. thing. Yeah, I. They're a microscopic yeah, organism. I'm stupid, but uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I I saw this great uh Vanity Fair video of Peyton Reed breaking down the kitchen fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the precision yeah. that yeah, I I recommend you watch that. Um, if you like the, the set uh, series in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taika did one. Uh, Cougar did one. The Rousseaus did one. And also the films. the costume designer for Black Panther yeah, did one, and I yeah, thought that was really yeah. nice. Like they just showed like when Black Panther first re- uh, returns back to Wakanda, and they showed a really nice scene of like, oh, like because all the characters, all the main characters are there, but in different garb than you see them later yeah. on. So they yeah. break down every single little little piece where it came from, and then like once you hear like, oh, um, Black Panthers. The queen's uh, like headgear was mm-hmm. entirely three D printed. You like you you can see it yeah. now. Like you can see how it's three D printed, and like it's something that you just can't unsee anymore. And I thought that was yeah. really interesting and really cool. Um, but yeah, with this, I just thought that a lot of it was just kind of spoiled in the trailers. Like it was just shown, and I just I don't. I thought I was gonna. I wanted something more. I wanted something a little bit more. Like a little bit more oomph from that. Like we saw the car chase. We saw the 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 kitchen sequence. All every single time there was like someone being kicked, like that that was already shown. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Good action though. Yeah. I just yeah. uh, I want I it, nothing was um nothing was particularly surprising. The same way uh, certain key moments of Infinity War were, yeah, just because of the secretive nature. Exactly. Of that movie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, another separate point. Did you guys like the old person CGI? Because there was there was way more of it. There wasn't like just one use of it in um agents like the Agents of Shield flashback. Um. Well, not Agents of Shield, but you know the Shield flashback with Hank. They used it uh, two more times with um with a uh, Bill Foster with a uh. uh with what's uh with what's his name's uh younger Michael son. Douglas. Michael Douglas. My, well, not ju- not not just Michael Douglas, but uh Michelle Pfeiffer and what's his yeah. name? I'm forgetting uh what's his name? Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne's character, yeah. which I thought was like like 
a weird, um, like, not motif, but, like, use. Because, like, we saw it in uh, Ant-Man 1, and we didn't. We haven't really seen it in any other, like, MCU movie other Civil than... War other than like Guardians 2. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really consider Guardians 2, but, like... Like Civil why not? War. I don't know because like I don't I I just I don't know I felt like ego is like a different beast altogether. I, I'm um, just saying that like young Kurt Russell, yeah, fake young yeah. Kurt Russell, at the beginning. I thought that was, like have yeah. like seeing like young Lawrence Fishburne and young Michelle Pfeiffer was like interesting, uh, because like there was a there was a few minutes of them, like a few minutes of like like CGI yeah. fate. There there were thing. people in the credits that like they were credited as young Hank Pym, young Janet Van Dyne, young oh. uh Bill Foster. Wow. Yeah. So I I I saw Lawrence Fishburne's son was credited as young Bill Foster. So wow. I couldn't tell if it was like if they were just stand-ins and then they just like uh superimposed their faces on them does, or if do, there was a combination of that. Does Lawrence um, Fishburne's son still have the gap in his teeth? I <laughs> I I haven't seen a picture of him, so I couldn't tell you. Okay, because they, I've, I've they, the, they did the, gap. the research on this. Yeah, I thought that that was interesting. Um, I thought that like the use of it was really, it was yeah. just like I thought that they did it well again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, what did you guys think of Michelle Pfeiffer's lack of like being on screen? Like, I thought like she was going to be like a much more prominent character that we didn't just see in like yeah. the, fly, I think the last Paul ten Rudd had more screen. screen time as Janet Van Dyne than Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne had. Yeah. Um. Like. I, yeah. I knew. I. I knew. Like. I knew there was a reason she was not on the poster. I knew that was going to be a secretive part. Yeah. Of the movie. Yeah. But. Man. Okay. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in a while. But how much screen time did Private Ryan have in the movie? I don't recall at all. Uh, he well, I mean, like um, the entire last action sequence was with him. Sure. Uh, and there was yeah. a little bit more before that, but yeah, he was like there was there was a lot yeah. with him, and he was played yeah, by I Matt mean, Damon. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this to be like the Martian, where you like just cut back to Jennifer and dying like alone, and we're gonna science the shit out of this. But um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna get Michelle Pfeiffer, like you gotta get her to do like more interesting things. So um, yeah. she looked cool. Yeah. She looked cool. She, she had did. like a whole like adventurers get up. She used she had, like, a like spear. Yeah, she had a spear made um, out of her wing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what that. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And like, oh, I feel dope. like, but like, I didn't know that there was eyeliner in uh in the quantum realm. I didn't oh, know that was a thing. <laughs> um. So but that's like, like, like a big joke. Fabric, or pants. I mean, she probably just had the pants that she was wearing underneath the suit. Yeah, but like, I think that, so I know, I don't think Michelle Pfeiffer's been a lot of movies recently. I feel like she's like, I feel like she's like Catherine Zeta-Jones, like she does movies pretty rarely now. And so, I don't know if they really, I don't know if that's really what she should sign on for. Because I know, like, I saw some article headline, like how Peyton Reed, like, She was in Murder on the Orient Expanse. Oh. Yeah, so that. Oh, yeah, you're. Oh yeah, you're right. I completely forgot. No, no, yeah. I mean, like that's still like a. uh, She she wasn't in. She hasn't been in that many movies either. She was in Mother, but that's it. Murder on the Orient. Murder on the Orient Orient Express and Mother were like the last big things that she's done. And she was in New Year's Eve in 2011. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but that's. I think that's Um, about it. Yeah. I mean, you can't you yeah, can't but... top Grease too. So I mean, it's where yeah. she got her start. Seriously, Grease too. My God, mm-hmm. um, holy shit! You're right. Yeah, but like... yeah, no, I I watched that movie recently. Grease two and the following <laughs> year, Scarface. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she was in Hairspray. Two different I liked bags. her in Hairspray. Um, yeah, she was really good in Hairspray. Yeah. Um, I mean, did, did she need convincing because she had already, like, uh, like experimented with comic book movies in Batman Returns as uh, Selina Kyle, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Catwoman? I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, like, she had to sort of, like, been, she sort of had to be brought back to superhero movies. Right. Mm-hmm. That was just some big heart, like, article title, so... Yeah. yeah, so if you're gonna do that, bad. like, get her to do something cooler, yeah, rather than like, I kind of just magical powers with her hands now. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, the, I don't think, think that's gonna be permanent. Like... I think that's gonna be like, like a power that like only lasts for a little bit and then fades mm-hmm. away. Like that's why they had to go back into the quantum realm and get those like healing things, healing for, particles, healing yeah. particles for yeah. ghosts. Well, like they call them healing particles, but I don't think they're healing particles. I just think they're quantum particles. That mm-hmm. like, yeah. when applied to goes will heal her. Um, I think that. Um, oh shoot! What I was gonna say. I feel like so when I was wa- okay when I started watching this movie, I thought she'd have sort of like an ego role, but maybe that was just because I watched Guardians too like last year, and I thought her. I wouldn't have been surprised if her character ended up going down that path. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, also pretty surprised by the lack of screen time she had. But I also know they're probably going to use her more in the, in the future. future. Yeah. Maybe she'll show. Yeah. Maybe she'll show up in Avengers 4. Probably not. But, like, they Marvel has the money if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, when you mean ego, do you mean, like, secret bad guy at the end? Yeah. yeah. Or, like, just how she goes, like, in, or just, like, how she goes in. I wouldn't have been surprised, like, I would have been surprised if, like, sort of the quantum realm. Like staying there for thirty years just like made her insane and just people would be made, Mandarin just... level mad. Yeah, if Janet Van Dyne, Ooh. the celebrated character, was the bad guy. Yeah, um, it would have been an unexpected. I, I going in, I had there was no part of me that thought that that would happen, and in retrospect, I'm glad that didn't. Happen yeah, because uh, I don't know. I like, just they just needed that win. Like, um. They, uh, that 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 would have been a bad twist, I think, had they gone that route. Yeah, so um, moving on a little bit. Uh, did you guys? So let's talk about the MacGuffin a little bit about like what that kind of uh, what that I mean, whole, whole building, the whole building was. <laughs> I mean, like I yeah, this this whole movie was kind of like a giant MacGuffin quest. Um, mm-hmm. And like, potato like yeah, exactly like that right or and uh, yeah. was it was it easy to was it easy to see? Like, was it easy to follow? Like, oh, this is the building. We have to get to the building. I kept forgetting why the building was they so important. <laughs> oh, okay. They made it very blatant that the building was important. Like, they dropped, like, someone dropped it. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. And, like, they just were rushing to get it. I definitely got annoyed after a little bit, but I also knew, well, this is the story. So I have to be invested. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I got tired of it. Um, I. That's that's why I was hoping that the movie would have would have begun with them already figuring out the quantum realm. Yeah. Uh that way to that way to skip the the artificial tension of we gotta get the thing, you know. Yeah. Um like find find something more interesting to to create conflict from, something a little more organic than uh this vague this has important quantum realm technology and we need it. And uh, you know, like I yeah. Uh Ghost and Pim had their own reasons for like needing that equipment. Um Sonny Birch was like, I don't know, 
we can sell it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I I get that the MCU is very like MacGuffin reliant. Like the, the, the all the Infinity Stones are freaking uh, MacGuffins, basically for yeah. Pete's sake. Um, but. Yeah, it just made the movie exhausting for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like um, it... I felt like there was like a like there was ways to not make it so like having the quantum realm be kind of like discovered at the beginning and like them understanding it would have been probably a better choice. But they they went into like they, they there was like some weird like choices of like going into like what the quantum realm does and like how to get there and stuff. And I felt like that was trying to like information that would be pushed towards like Avengers four. Like this is like things. Time vortex. Yeah. Like things that you would need (laughs) to understand about it. But I would also like to see like, like that, that's like from the outside look, I wanted to see more of like what the quantum realm is on the inside. Like where was, where was she hanging out? Where was, what was she eating? What was she like surviving on? What was like, what were like other things that were going like that go on in the quantum realm other than just a giant place of like wacky Doctor Strange shapes and shit? I got a pitch for you. Well, I got a pitch for you right here. So, uh, <laughs> they should have done the scene where Hank Pym was surrounded by a bunch of micro monsters, tardigrades, and then, and then a well, not maybe not them, but like but he's like walking around on in the environment. Uh, so they're even smaller than them. And so they they could be like these weird sci-fi like micro like he doesn't even know what they are. Yeah, yeah. And then this masked figure comes in, swoops down with their spear and like expertly takes down these monsters and then she takes off her mask and it's Janet Van Dyne and you're like, Wow, I've never seen this scene before. Yeah. <laughs> Where like she's like living off the land and like Yeah, um... that scene is uh, that is a very <laughs> common scene to happen in film. I know. I'm surprised Classic they didn't scene. do that, but instead they went with like this weird, bizarre like um flashback. And she's and just then... there. Yeah, and then they're breathing in there. Like, what are they breathing? Why are their masks off? What is happening? How, why, how does she have the magic touch, and how does she know that that's going to work? Because I, I can't assume that she's interacted with other human beings on this plane. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, like, there was, like, so much super explanation of what it is, but also a lot of, like, lack of, like, like suspension of disbelief of, like, like, as soon as they, like, the, 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 the quantum ship like came out and crashed yeah. and everyone got out and she just went over to ghost and just did the hand thing. I was just like, all right, whatever. Uh, I, I don't Give me the know. Deets. Give me the deets. Like, yeah, I want, I want, yeah. I want to know more about this. This is like super important for infinity. Or, like the next movie. I want to know got another pitch. I got so, another like, pitch here's, for you. So, oh my so God. Here's the, <laughs> so here's the thing because I, I think we've, I think we've heard reports that captain Marvel's, the Captain Marvel movie will feature the quantum realm of sunlight. So I think what they're trying to do is that is to sort of really introduce the quantum quantum realm gradually. Like they'll mention it maybe here like a little bit more often, even though they probably okay. should have gone more. Gotcha. I, I, and then yeah. Captain Marvel it builds up, and then Quantum Realm does this go on full out because I think yeah. they might this yeah at this point like yeah. who's gonna be watching all those movies. I think. Like they'll, I think they'll really just like go full in depth, like full science, yeah. because I think full science. <laughs> because I think Marvel will have expected that 
maybe a lot, I, I hope and assume that a lot of people will have watched Captain Marvel because that's what they tease at Infinity War, but they can't go in expecting that everyone who watched, um, everyone in that movie theater watching Avengers 4 has watched Captain Marvel. So I think they're going to explain it fully in Avengers 4, but just start really yeah. building it up and introducing it I, and like a little bit more. Yeah, and also I, I think this, this kind of is a good way to show how they're going to move forward with like other dimensions and time travel and stuff. And, and I think that's, and it's a good, it's a good thing where they don't want to inundate people with like multiverse and other dimensions and stuff. They kind of just want to like show it a little bit, not really super go into it and super explain it and go into like super multiverse stuff. I just want to stick to the basics. And I think that's, and I think that's that's good because a lot of people are like showing theories of like what would happen in Avengers four, and it's not like the theories that I'm hearing are like super complicated, super ridiculous, and stuff that I don't think that like general audiences would want to see. Um, and it kind of like in like in a way would be a cop out to the rest of the MCU. I think that there's that what they're gonna do, hopefully based upon what I saw with their use of the quantum realm, uh, will be kind of like straightforward not i mean like not straightforward but like not too complicated not super time travel-y not super ridiculous they'll they'll keep it straight um i think um i would rather having things like the quantum realm just kind of relegated to their own sub franchise like yeah like wakanda is gonna stick with black panther like you got like a tiny like one second glimpse in civil war but like wakanda is like Wakanda is in Black Panther, and, like, you know, it's featured in Infinity War because everything's in Infinity War. But, um, here, tying that to my pitch, which what I wish... You made three pitches right now in this... this. Yes, well, the thing I wish that, um, the way I would have restructured Ant-Man and the Wasp, or maybe, like, uh, maybe a, a, a concept for if they make a third of one of these, um, I think there should have been, like, a much longer extended sequence of um like it would have been cool if we saw like everyone in the quantum world like what if it was like an expedition movie yeah you know? yeah um what if they went journey to like, the center of the la- earth yeah different layers and uh yeah this is actually just a jules verne adaptation uh no but they, they like go through like the, the different layers and like all these different wacky things like i think people pointed out uh, i didn't see it myself the mirror dimension they, the mirror dimension what went no when they were leaving uh, when Jan- when Hank and Janet were leaving, they someone I saw people say that they saw like a city of like bubbles, um, when they were leaving, which uh, I guess would be like the microverse that's depicted in comics, and I think that uh, Marvel is legally unable to call the microverse and depict. Uh, so I want to say Hasbro has the has the rights to that for some reason, um. But uh, imagine, like, it just imagining, like, what if there was, like, a whole society uh, within the quantum realm? What if um, there are other, like, fictional monsters? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, you can, uh, I, I get it. I get that having Hank go solo uh, is meaningful for that character. Uh, but if they make a third anime movie, I would love if we had, like, more uh, quantum realm shenanigans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe I guess that's just not what their vision is for the, these movies. Um, but I'm just saying that would be pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, like imagine, yeah. imagine an Ant Man and the Wasp where the first act is like slice of life, like Scott and House Arrest. The second act is the car chase stuff. 
Yeah. And the third act is like Journey to the Center of the Earth. Journey to the Center of the Quantum Realm, let's call it. Um, you know, the, skipping all of the video game-esque objective, like, get yeah. the thing yeah. stuff, which I thought was yeah. just really bogging this movie down. Yeah, and I felt, I felt like the, the plot wasn't really pushed forward by the protagonist. The plot was mm-hmm. kind of pushed forward by other, like, like other things. The plot was pushed forward by the MacGuffin. He was passive until uh, yeah. Hank and Hope got arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's, that's one of my major gripes with it. Um, and now going to like character stuff, uh, did you like uh, Evangeline Lilly as Hope in this movie? Did you guys like how, did you guys think that she would stand on her own? Did you think that it was, was she one dimensional? Did she live up to the title of like being on par with Scott in the title of the movie? Did it truly I... feel like Wasp was equal to Ant Man? Um, I feel like in... yeah. Go ahead, Izzy. I was sorry. I... Uh, no, I'm just like I'm just trying to think if she had an arc in this movie mm-hmm. because in the first movie you see her sort of you sort of see her learning to trust her father again and sort of growing from sort of this colder individual and sort of really opening up more to like. You know, being a team play, like being more of a team player, and also just like getting a chance, like to open up and sort of learning to forgive her father and like sort of understand like the situation around her. Mm-hmm. And in this film, you really just see her get to be a boss. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't understand like any other way to describe it. Like, she really takes charge of like in the kitchen fight scene. You see her like holding her own, being really capable, and that's really awesome to see. She's unrestrained. Yeah. yeah. She's going yeah. all out. But I think there's, like, a, um... I feel like there's, um... Like, like she was a boss in, like, fight sequences. But, like, did you think that, like, her character grew? Did you think that there was, like, a part A of where her character was at the beginning? And, like, other than, like, seeing her mom again at the end, what, did you see, like, a character change? Um, she was pissed at Scott in the beginning, and then at the end, she made out with him. Yeah. That's all I was able to track. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really, I felt like she, she kind of seemed like, like, uh, so I was reading some, like, Vanity Fair or Hollywood Reporter articles about how Evangeline Lilly tried to, like, had to force her way into, like, being predominant in this movie. Um, like kind of like make it her like make her own say in what happens and from what my perspective is of what happened i don't think she got the chance to like su- like as much as like i would have wanted um like yeah she definitely like kicked ass and like had a lot of great fight sequences really pushed a lot uh, pushed forward a lot of the, like the the action sequences in the film and like helped Scott out in a lot of great ways and was very adult and very mature about a lot of the sequences but I like I like her character. I felt like was already super mature, already like was very helpful and stuff. And I felt like she was just a little bit more than what we saw in Ant Man One. Mm-hmm. She didn't need to grow anymore. I guess Wait, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, but did Ant Man need to grow anymore? I mean, he didn't grow to sixty five feet. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, I mean, I, I, I'm struggling sorry, to even joke. think of what Scott's arc was, honestly. Yeah, like, I, mean, I know he makes the decision at the end, I'm going to risk uh, my freedom to do the right thing and save 
uh, these these two people who are like very mad at me. Yeah, I I felt like, I felt like that was nice and I felt like that was good, but I didn't feel like I think like what a lot of people are missing from this sequel and this ties into a lot of other things that I've been feeling is like like this movie is good. This movie is is fun. This is, movie is great. Um, like as an overall like MCU movie, but if you look at it kind of like as a kind of like deeper deeper film, it doesn't really have. I mean, like it talks about like dad stuff and fam familial stuff, but like we've already got that, and we've already covered a lot of like what happens. Like this is like I don't feel like the characters kind of changed. And I think that's what the problem was with the MacGuffin, that it didn't allow the characters to change because they were constantly mm-hmm. chasing after it. The protagonists were being always, like, following what happened in the plot, not necessarily, the, like, the, the protagonist affecting the plot. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, that, right. that's, like yeah. A, that's, like, a really big critique, I feel, of this movie. That I, that I think a lot of the other, like, like, a lot of the other, like, movies like the mcu movies like obviously were able to tackle really well and like obviously got those out of the way because i mean we've we covered a lot of like the character arcs in other mcu films but i feel like this one kind of was like lackluster on that front and the reason why a lot of the reason why we like this movie is because the jokes were good the action was good and the 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 tie-in was good at the end i feel like if like one of those other things was kind of like shit i feel like we would have we kind of would have been like meh about the movie yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um I man, I feel a little bummed out now. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 thing about this movie is that um it it, it just kind of re- like I I'm tired of the whole sins of the father thing, like, you know, your your dad did this to my dad and uh that's literally the plot of Iron yeah. Man 2. I mean, um, yeah, we're, we're like let, let let's you want to dive into that or do you want to keep talking about like the wasp use. Oh, we we haven't talked about ghosts at all. So yeah, yeah, no, I was yeah. Well. Let's let's yeah. let's dive into that. So, um, let's like let's talk about ghosts as a villain. Like, what did you think of her use as a villain? Can we call her a villain, or she is she just like an antagonist trying to stop the protagonist from getting the thing? Um, does she have an arc? And I think that there's a kind of maybe. Um, like I thought that the. Like I don't think there the, is. Uh, I think that the uh, I thought that her exposition was cool. I thought that it was it added more layer to the movie, um, and I thought it added a little bit more layers to how like the MCU kind of worked. Like, oh, Shield now has her and used her as an assassin, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Seeing like how like like knowing how Hydra worked and stuff. Mm, right. Yeah, I I also felt there was an interesting comment by Sunny Birch about like there's no more Shield, there's no more Hydra, and I'm like, all right, you guys get this, you guys like we we move past Hydra and Shield as a thing now. Uh, what's gonna happen next? And it's like just the FBI. So, but um, um yeah, let's how, let's talk about Ghost. How does she put on clothes and not fall down through the ground? That's my question about Ghost. Yeah. Explain it to me. Um, I don't science know, dude. It. Science, dude. I don't know. What science, huh? <laughs> um, the, the thing about her is that she was very visually cool. It was a great concept of a supervillain, quote-unquote. Uh, very different from Yellow Jacket, which was just, you know, yeah. evil Ant-Man. Uh, the thing is that the reason I say she doesn't have an arc... 
um, because I think she had a lot of potential for an arc, is that she did not... L I don't think she learned anything at the end. She was... 95% of... Yeah, I think... Actually, I think there might be something there with, like, how Bill Foster interacted with her. It's like, hey, you can't do that. You can't do that with kill with kids. Like... But he... he, she, he she, oh, the fact that she was so willing to go through it, but she didn't So like, that, So, like, initially, I think... I, I think initially she kind of was just, like, an assassin. Like, she always was an assassin, and she'll always be that. Like, at the beginning. And then once, like, she was able to make that choice, Bill Foster kind of convinced her, kind of, like don't do that and then i don't think he convinced her at all i maybe i don't know i think that and then like at the end it was kind of like you, i've done maybe, bad things i've done like, bad things and like she says that but that's the, that's the last thing she says in the movie and it to me it just came out of nowhere yeah i felt like it was the same, yeah i felt like that, that scene like at the end where we're like we're like ghost and bill were like hanging out like like trying to escape everything it's like mm -hmm. no one's chasing them no one knows who they are yeah. Like, like, even like Janet and Hope and Scott and Hank are not even chasing after them. Like, there's nothing to like. Why are you guys running? Why are you guys afraid? Like, you guys all came out kind of like as like a family. Like, yeah, that was like Fast and Furious level. Like, okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually want. I want to actually. Uh, I wanted to like Jason talk about like the end. <laughs> like the end sequence of that movie was kind of like they're all a family now, and they're all like like familia. Yeah, the thing family. Is that if they if they had um, because they're trying to convince her like, hey, help us get Janet back, uh, and we can help you. And she, for some reason, she's like, no, no, and she she just she 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 just keeps going on with her plan. Yeah, and it turns out, not only can they like help her, but like Janet kind of alleviated that instantly with her magic hands. Yeah. And, which are not sorry, explained, darn. Hands. And it's a very um, deus ex, you know, bullshit. Yeah, the, the problem is that if she didn't say no, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, like, the the conflict felt very artificial. Yeah. It's like, um, it's I, I was thinking about <laughs> uh, Batman v Superman and the, uh, the pivotal moment of the movie of the, the two characters actually fighting each other would have been completely avoided if Superman just said what was happening. Yeah. And that would have stopped the whole fight and defeated the purpose of the movie. But you need to have that. Yep. That you need to have that conflict, and it just felt very artificial. Yep. It was frustrating by the end. Yep. That this all, all <laughs> this destruction could have been avoided. <laughs> yep. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I guess she was just, she was like, she was determined, and because her life was at stake, and that is such an interesting, mm -hmm. um, potential ethical conflict. Yeah, because if if it actually was a binary thing, like it's save Janet or save Ghost, that would have been interesting. Um, but it was a, it was this kind of lame, you know, everybody lives uh moment at the end that I just thought was uh a little bit rushed. And, um, it, it was, I mean, like, it kind of goes through like the down to earth mentality of this movie. It was like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like big end of the world stuff. Like, I feel like, so, like, moving on a little bit, I mean, we're going to be talking about Ghost Still, but we're going to be talking more about like the antagonist and the obstacles as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. none of them were like evil, none of them were like, oh, we're going to take over the world and stuff. Like, Sonny Birch was just like, yeah, we're going to give this to like our best buyer for like energy use mm -hmm. 
Bill Foster just wanted to help ghosts, and he and, drew the line at uh, the kids. Yeah. You know, yep. He was, he was a good guy who just had like he just had a motivation for doing this because he wanted to help this this girl uh, who he grew up like yeah. he basically like raised essentially. Yeah, uh, it it felt very like Bane Talia Al Ghul in a way. Yeah, in the Dark Knight Rises. Um, but you know, less psychotic, I guess. Um, they're not gonna blow up San Francisco. You know, there was no there was no like oh the quantum realm's gonna suck up the whole city. It was just like. No, I just want to save my mom, and she needs to save her life. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's frustrating because um, I like the low stakes. I like the. Uh, I like the conflict in theory, but if it was like if the um the motivations were more incompatible, that would have made for a more interesting conflict. Um. So it. it that that aspect just disappointed me. The whole, the whole lack of arc for Ghost. Um, she she was just very static, you know, and it was frustrating because it seemed like, um, I I I I'm not familiar with this actress, but I I wish she had something a little more substantial to work with because visually she was really cool. I just wish yeah. that um, because we had such a we've had such a great streak of MCU villains. Yep, and I and- think mm-hmm. this kind of stopped it. So like um she's also like the last time I actually saw her was in uh Ready Player One. Yeah. Yeah, Sp- Spielberg wrote a uh, letter of recommendation basically to Peyton Reed, I think. <laughs> um so she was better than that. Um So that's good. Um Yeah, um Do what's interesting? Yeah. Uh this is a random side tangent. The Ready Player One DVD is coming out like now, and the Infinity War DVD is coming out like, or like two digital weeks. is coming out next week. No, it's two weeks. Uh, two weeks. Yeah, but like, I think like literally like the last day of the, of July. Which yeah, is like, right. which is like weird because the movies are like a month apart. Like release. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, Rampage also- and Super Troopers Two came out mm-hmm. around the same time as Infinity War. I think they are being released digitally now, so I think that's. You know that makes sense, but I feel like like having Ready Player One released digitally now is like yeah. a del- like a weird delay, like two weeks before Infinity War. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it should have been like in the beginning of the month. I guess something just went wrong. Maybe I don't know. also I don't I don't care about Ready Player One. Yeah, true, so, true. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I so, will, I'll probably rent it and so, just take, give it give a shot. But so it was not com- good, honestly. Like, <laughs> All right. So the conflict essentially it. was. Pim and Co. want to see Janet. Ghost wants to live, and Birch just wants money. It felt very like it. It rings. It sort of fits like the low, low stakes, like quote unquote grounded sort of take. Yeah, which I think was like kind of like the the theme of this movie, whereas like yeah. that was like how they made it a palate cleanser. Was it wasn't mm-hmm. like big scary, you know, end of the world type of shit because we already had the end of the world type of shit. Yeah, I feel like the personality. Like the personal nature of it is one of the things that sort of made me more invested yeah. and like want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happened to them, yeah. even through like all the yeah and hot like potato with the lab exactly. And I feel like, that's like what made me you know Bill Fa- Bill Foster and Ghost. You know, like they tease it in the end credit scene that like Ghost is still alive. Like Ghost is their like their friend now, and they're helping her out. I think 
will lead to an interesting thing in the third movie and what they're going to do in that. And I think that's a good setup. Um, Are they going to name the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ghost? No, probably not. They'll probably do something else. Just keep adding names until the poster's actually, like, basically unable to. They might just call it, they might just do the Wasp and have Scott Lang be a side character. Sure. Interesting. I have no idea. Um, Um, But, like, uh, so one of the things that we've talked about in um, AP Marvel and one of the things that I've talked about religiously um, is dad dynamics and dads. And how dads were. You didn't say di- daddy dynamics like you said. Daddy uh, dynamics. Okay, never mind. Uh, and how dads work in the MCU, and how dads work in Phase Three, and the dadification of media. There were good dads in this movie. There was good dads. They weren't bad. Bill dads. Foster, they were good dads. Scott, Hank, all dads. All and there was there was three major like coupled like dad daughter relationships. So you had Bill Foster and Ghost, Scott and Cassie, Hank and Hope. And they all had to, and there was all various, like, different interactions with them and how to, like, I thought it was just interesting to see, like, like, I felt like Hank and Hope's relationship was, like, like, lost mother and, like, what happens when, like, a parent dies and how to deal with that. And there was, like, a lot of that in the flashback scenes as well of, like, dealing with loss and, like, what happens. Uh, Scott and Cassie was, like young parent uh divorced parent uh like helping out daughter and stuff and other was kind of like daughter has issues and father trying to like adopted father trying to help like daughter with issues that like the father doesn't necessarily understand does that make sense and those are kind of like three yeah. different yeah. familial relationships that a, a daughter of dads. Yeah, and like those are yeah. the kind of like relationships that a father and a daughter can have. Um, I mean, obviously there's more, but like as an example, <laughs> no, those are the only three. Yeah, uh, and I felt like I felt like those are those. Are, it wasn't like the mentors were bad. They it was just kind of like how the mentors and the fathers interacted and like made mistakes, not really major ones, but like have made mistakes and like what to do to help out their, their daughter become like a, a better person and how their daughter has become a better person. And it not necessarily was the help of the father, but like having the father understand that growth. Like Cassie is is like great because she was able is like able to understand all these things without the help of her father and like she's just trying to help her dad which i think is really interesting like a really interesting look whereas like hope is already on her own and hope and hank are trying to like are going down the same path of like they are leaning on each other to to get their mother back and you see that with like the janet in Scott type of thing where it's like they're interacting with Scott, but it's just Janet responding to them. And they're like, they both feel like they both feel whole again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys, yeah, what are you guys no, thoughts it, about it, what it, I said? So I, I think you nailed it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's ref- again, refreshing to have like a more wholesome depiction of things that we see being quite toxic. Yeah. In previous movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, and this is like a, this is... There was no toxic dads in this. Yeah. It was, but there, were, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of toxicity in this movie. Like, I was, I was happy about the, um, uh, I, I liked the whole XCON subplot thing. Like, yeah. They're just, they're just, they're trying to start their own business, uh, their own legitimate business. The, oh my god, how did I forget um, this, mentioning it? The Baba Yaga joke! 
oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, the Baba Yaga joke was like, because uh, I just watched John Wick, so like that joke was just like, oh my God, yeah. John Wick joke. And I, I had a friend who was uh, kind of cringing during that, and like, I just heard a whisper like, oh, it's just, uh, racial the stereotypes. Um uh, he's Russian. I don't think that's like. A... I know it's just it's it's like watching it's it's like it's as realistic as like watching like Rolf from Ed Ed and Eddie like uh Rolf like, yeah like uh, Ed boy like that <laughs> that guy like, <laughs> Rolf that's my horse back in old country that's my like, horse you know, like that kind of like but the um, toast character yeah um. <laughs> It, that actor, I keep forgetting uh, how to say his name, but like, you know, he was like. like David um, Dash David, yes, exactly. Um, he, he's a very good character actor, and uh, he definitely has a lot of funny bits in these in these two yeah. movies. I thought the truth serum jokes were great too. Yeah, no, like that 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 whole trio, you know, with Ti, like the, that's a good. It, it's nice seeing like um, this little subplot of like hey it, it's um what i understand like that it, it, that was very clear to me understanding like they need to get this business off the ground scott needs yeah, to help but them it's like the, the larger issue of like uh convicts uh rejoining society yeah you know? mm-hmm. um especially since like since scott lang had that problem in the first movie which of course led to the bass and robbins gag uh but you know, it, it was kind of weird. It was like the way that their solution to their problem was that they just yeah. apprehended bad guys and were on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, not everyone can have that luxury. Yeah, exactly. Good for them. And like, know, and like, nice they, and they, like now their business is like successful and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's like really, really nice. And like Luis, I mean, like them trying to like actively be good citizens is like mm-hmm. really nice and really awesome. Yeah, and I really like yeah. that. Um, too bad they're probably dead now. <laughs> Well, we don't know. Yeah, um, we don't know. Speaking of of dead, um, <laughs> was was the overlap? Was the overlap? Did the was the Infinity War overlap in the end credit scene pretty good? Did you guys like I, it? I like how they put it at the end of. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but I like how they put it at the end of the movie so that. Uh, mm-hmm. It tries not to overshadow as much as the action. Yeah, as make possible, make even though yeah. it kind of did, which is inevitable. But, but like, but, if it. Like it was a really good palate cleanser, like the movie as yeah. a whole. And seeing the end sequence was just like, okay, we gotta get back to reality. We we you know you you t- you you your your delicious sushi dish was um was Infinity War, and uh and then you had your ginger, or what you're supposed to have your ginger with uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then another piece of sushi right at the end. Fuck is this metaphor? Oh yeah, sure. I, okay. So so I so so I'm, so, I'm, so I'm talking about like palate cleansers of like so okay. like I, okay. I made, I made cleanser like yes. like food wise so like chocolate's <laughs> okay. a good palate cleanser right after a certain meal salad after you have a very carby dish so yeah. like this was a very nice you know it didn't it no as we said no high stakes um down to earth um kind of like shows a little bit and teases a little bit about like what's going to happen in Avengers four and and gives a little bit of that to us, but then, like, also brings us back to reality of, like, I mean, reality of, like, what, like, what we understand, like, outside of the movie of, like, yeah. half of our characters are dead. What does yeah. that mean? The, the thing about the, uh, and I, I was talking about this, just how the movie just kind of ended, you know? There was no, 
there is no real catharsis. There is no tying up. Yeah, um, loose like ends. The, yeah, the, yeah, because there there wasn't like we we it, we seem to have any trouble. We seem to have trouble uh, finding an overall theme for this movie. So there wasn't really anything to like yeah. close. Yeah, in, in yeah. That movie. no, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, like I was struggling. I feel like what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah, like the ending was kind of like I think maybe family. It was like maybe <laughs> yeah, sure. maybe yeah. like a, a thing about family and what family mm-hmm. means and stuff yeah. and and yeah. like okay sure but did you guys like did you guys like the actual like content that you saw with Infinity War? Yeah, I mean that's that's it's what I was expecting. Yeah, plus a little bit more. Yeah, and it was a great way to to sync it up a little bit to remind you hey like these are we're setting up we're planting little seeds with like yeah healing mm-hmm. particles time vortex yeah um i, I and yeah and i feel like and i'm and i mentioned this i mentioned this earlier but i also have like a note about this as well like mm-hmm. i feel like there there wasn't any other overlaps in infinity war because there didn't need to be and i felt like it would have been totally. like like yeah. if they had like a scene of like like towards the end of like uh Thanos and like battle in Wakanda, aliens in Wakanda, aliens in New York. It would have been like, ugh, like we know this, like we know what's going to happen. But ignoring that and not showing that, not even talking about that in the end credit scene, mm-hmm. which maybe may would have make sense in like a reality situation. Like, holy shit, this is happening. Um, and then like, and then like it happening. Like we know. Like I think that's like the 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 outlook that they had when making those scenes was like we know what's happening we don't need to show it um, yeah yeah even like even no oh, go ahead Izzy like it's I think sorry I think that the scene is sort of framed in a really great way yes yes honestly yes. It plays out like a regular like this could have been a scene like sort of hinting at Ant Man three but the twist is that it happened the day of as what you have called on this podcast before the snapping. Yes. Yep. That was a, that was a twist. I think, I think that, I think that's an interesting look. Yeah. I think like the way that we normally play off other Marvel movies was just like, Oh, this is another way to tease the other, uh, like another movie where it's like, but like they twist it and it's just like, can't tease another movie because the snapping happening. Yeah. Yeah. Snapping happened. And snapping happening. Don't, 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 those two words shouldn't come together often. Snapping happening. Yeah. But as I said, I think I think a lot of like the descriptions of how the quantum realm works were kind of like like they were just like, oh, this is super descriptive. And then like I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's super descriptive because it will be helpful for how to mm-hmm. how people should understand the quantum realm when we get into Avengers Four, and maybe we're not understanding like why quantum realm wasn't like so explored in this one because we haven't seen Avengers Four yet, and we don't know how everything will interact with each other. Maybe once after Avengers Four comes out, we'll kind of have like a better hindsight of what certain things were added to this movie to give yeah. it like so like stuff like that. Maybe we'll get like a better understanding of like why certain things were included, why certain things weren't. Yeah, it, it was short. It was short of Michelle Pfeiffer saying the word, like saying the phrase "time vortex," and then turning to the camera and being like, "Remember that, folks? Yeah, exactly. Time vortex." Yep. And then like the the words just appear on screen, and you have to write yeah. it down in your little notebook. And then um, uh, but if we want to go to the uh, ants playing drums again, <laughs> yeah. So so this is uh, one of the things that like like we I was mentioning earlier, and I think this is like. 
why I felt like because I knew that the the first the mid credit scene was going to happen. I knew that there was going to be people snapped, and the way that they mm-hmm. played it off of like, and you follow Ant Man in, you follow Scott in, and then all of a sudden the, the line goes dead. It's just like you know what happened, man. You know yeah, what happened, and then it, and it automatically you don't even see them fading away. You automatically cut to all of them like already dust, Dang. already yeah. dust, and the mic like uh, like dangling, and you're just like what, and like you're just like fuck, and you're just like Scott's yeah, now trapped in there. And yeah, it, my theater gas. Oh, I forgot to mention my theater gas. It was a really good cutaway. It was a really good cutaway. Yeah. And I think like seeing them fade, like like cutting back to all three of them, then start to fade away would have been like I I I didn't think the like I thought like the way they did it was cooler. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to know. I want to know a little bit more about like how Peyton Reed directed that scene. Like, did he have any help from the Russos, or was it just like he knew what happened? Include that. Um, so I would want to kind of see like what his opinion of that was, or like directing that and writing that. Um, but I actually thought that the end credit scene was creepier because like you just because like the end because like we we saw that we saw the credits. It was kind of like it wasn't like super dark and stuff, but like uh-huh. what happened at the end credit scene for Infinity War was we saw a bunch of people disappearing, but what we didn't see was kind of like what was ha- like what was people's reactions a little bit i mean we saw a little tiny bit. just a tiny bit but this was kind of like what is happening to the world and we see like smoke outside of the window and we see a warning on the tv, the TV sc- yeah, on the on the, the tv oh, screen the and the, and the house is just empty and you're just like holy oh. shit like this is this is like a thing like everyone like this is like huge and it shows that like the Avengers didn't stop it immediately after like there is going to be time immediately after the snapping where like everyone's just like fuck, and you're just like the world is in chaos, mm-hmm. and like the world being in chaos and like everything being a mess is just like that's kind of frightening. And like being in that empty house was just like oh shit. And then you you bring it to the ant playing the drums was kind of like a bring a way to like bring it back to like lightheartedness. Like everything's gonna be. But at the same a- time, the ant like just going through the same loop of Scott's routine. Oh my god! Yes. What well, if like, it's, it's stuck in the same the loop? Background? It's stuck in the same loop. That's just, Fuck! That's wild. Ah, it's just like that's that's like it's it's. I feel chills. Like the, the like the that's kind of like a that's like a Wally thing, just like like stuck. like uh, yeah. like like some like a robot stuck in the same cycle. Oh like kind of, it reminded me of like Fallout, of like robots that are just like doing the same thing over and over again for hundreds of years because there was no other human to, yeah, like to yeah. turn them off or to change it. Or it's it's like um like the drums, the lone drums in the background. It's like fucking like hearing the violin as Rome is burning. Honestly, yeah, like, yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, no. So like, that's a really that, that's good a really good that's a really good analogy. Uh, and I'm like, so good at this. I feel like that end credit scene kind of like had a lot more to it, other than just an ant playing the drums, kind of like showing like a lighthearted thing to like a yeah. world on fire. But like, it was a world on fire, and the ant was playing the violin. I couldn't sleep that night. I actually couldn't sleep. Wow, I had really? To like play music wow. to like soothe so, me. So, wow. so I didn't see this at the end because like I was like grabbing a bag and I looked down and it said Ant Man. Ant Man and the Wasp, and it's an Ant Man and the Wasp. Question mark. Well, I actually bent down to like grab my bag and stuff, and like I didn't because like I was like, oh, Ant Man and the Wasp will return, blah blah blah, usual stuff. And then I and then I heard a, <gasps> and I and I looked up and it already cut to black, and I missed what it was. 
It's a question mark. And like, so it said Ant-Man and the Wasp, and you guys were saying Ant-Man and the Wasp will return, and then a question mark appears. Mm-hmm. And, I'm like, and I'm like, interesting. That's the first time they ever really did like a change. Thanos will return. Well, Thanos will return was was a big change, and I thought that yeah. was that was interesting in a way that they showed how this movie will like how Infinity War was kind of like a Thanos movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like Ant Man and the Wasp. This is their movie, and will return? Question mark is interesting because I think that like if they did the Avengers, like if they did Avengers will return at the end of Infinity War, they would have done a question mark, even though we know they're coming back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So like we know that Ant Man and the Wasp are coming back. It's not like a real question, but it's yeah, like yeah, a it was, it was it's like a cheeky. the end question mark. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's like the little cheeky like will yeah. they become back? We yeah. don't know. And it's like yeah, they will. Yeah, we're familiar with these games, but like it was it was so effective. It's like, it's it, a, it was a yeah. bit creepy. And like, it, and and it shows off a little bit of like how. Marvel is like playing off this whole thing. They've been playing off this whole thing. It's like, yeah, they're all dead. They're dead. They're dead. They're gone. And it's like, that's like how they would kind of play it off, like in comics and in like a TV show. And I think that's really interesting of like what this movie kind of shows as a whole. And like I've talked about this with you guys, but as soon as I came out of the theater, I felt like this movie is very comic book y. Like, Mm -hmm. like it is based off of a comic book, but it's comic book y in the sense of like, we have our individual issues of like, like you have your X-Men volume one, you know, Captain America issue number two, issue number three. And then after you have your runs of your individual characters and minor crossovers and stuff in between, then at the end of it all, after the end of those runs, you'll have like a big giant crossover event, like those, like, like just event comics. So have your Secret Wars, your X Men mm-hmm. versus Avengers, your, and you'll have like those go on for a run, and then like something catastrophic will happen at the end, and then like like at the end of Secret Wars two, uh, there was a whole new universe, or like oh, half of the characters died, and then they all got sent to another universe, uh, or like Miles Morales' character was the only person to survive, and he went to another universe. Yeah. Um, so something like that. Um, this felt like an uh, Ant Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp issue number two, um, and then it, and like the the pro the epilogue to that comic was leading into Infinity War, and the events that happened in this movie would do, like help not be direct tie-ins but lead to what would happen in Infinity War. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole concept of the MCU you just described. I guess so I guess what you're yeah. saying is that this is the most like that. Yes, yeah. Like it comes yeah. Up, it comes off a lot stronger than in other movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it's had mm-hmm. all it's had all this history. All right, I mean you've seen this the, for the first time in Homecoming, but like this is their twentieth movie. Like they've had nineteen films to build this history, this world, and you really are starting to really see it pay off now. Mm-hmm. Like it's also another point, like. That we've made, like, I think Amy and the Wasp really sums up, it's like a sort of a perfect sort of sums up the idea of how the MCU can be like a TV series and each movie is also like an episode. It's just the next chapter. And like, I think that mid credit scene and post credit scene like, perfectly, like, sort of capture that. Here's, here's an actual great way to describe it. And I think this, this will probably be a great way to look at the MCU moving forward. And I think that the MCU moving forward has like showed inklings of what it was going to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I'll get to that in a bit. 
this felt like Game of Thrones episode 10. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Chris, like season finale? What? This felt like a season finale of Game of Thrones. And I'll felt, uh, No, but I'll explain why. I don't know. Episode Infinity War, Infinity episode, War felt like um, Infinity War, War felt like episode, like episode nine. E- episode nine, and this felt like an episode ten. This felt like no. Episode ten wraps it up. This did not wrap anything up. Well, this was like a well, side yeah. story. Well, like, yeah. I, I mean, I felt like in like in the way that like you're looking at these two movies, you'll have your episode nine, and then you have your episode ten. I mean, obviously, you're gonna have like I mean, in the sense that it wrapped like if this was the end of season episode seven. Like a season seven of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and then you had season eight come in, like, like, like in in the end of season uh, season seven, right? That was the most recent one. You had the dragon flying over the wall, uh, and you're just like, whoa, oh no! It's like, yeah, it didn't tie it all together because it's a TV show, but it gives you a cliffhanger of what's going to happen in the future, and you understand where these characters are all kind of placed at the end of the season. You know that bad shit's going down, and then episode eight is kind of like we'll introduce you with cap like season eight is like captain marvel and then basically avengers four is the rest of that season does that make sense i mean we're assuming that captain marvel isn't going to have its own infinity war tie-in at the very end the same way yeah this movie did. true true so uh i don't i i think it's a weird comparison because these are like different franchises that are intertwining yeah so um you know, maybe, like, if the MCU were a big television show, like, Ant-Man the Wasp be, like, a subplot of mm-hmm. Episode Nine. you know? Okay. Yeah, alright. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of, like, my, my thing. But, um, what I do like about Ant-Man the Wasp, and I think it's gonna be helpful with, like, how we look at MCU movies moving forward, is that they're they're okay with going, like, doing big, and they're okay with going down-to-earth stuff. Like, they're okay with doing some wacky stuff, but they're not going to do wacky stuff that is like catastrophic to the universe. And I think that's important to to grasp. Mm-hmm. And I and I like um because as I said earlier, I don't like how people are bringing up theories of like multiverse stuff and like uh you know, oh, they're going to do this and they're going to do this and they're going to do this and it's like I don't really care or want that or need that. I just want kind of like kind of like simple basic stuff and i think that this kind of showed that i don't want the infinity stones to come back Ooh. I think they should be done with them Ooh. i think avengers 4 i think the resolution should be like they destroy them they got they gotta no i don't think they should show up at all i think they should like if they're setting up the quantum realm and healing particles and the time vortex and whatever the hell captain marvel's gonna introduce and whatever doctor strange in infinity war i think they have to like, like they gotta come up with something else. Otherwise, like, I, 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 I don't think infinity, I don't think that's gonna happen. Infinity I think stones, that... I think I mean, they I served their purpose. the the whole The whole lead up was like everyone trying to gather them. Th- that movie was about Thanos getting them all and using them. That's it. That's all I want from them. They have to reverse the snap, though. I just. Yeah, but like you know, what if you know the theories about like they're in the Soul Stone or they're in the Quantum Realm or something like that? Like, I think there there should be a more original way 
Like, if the, if Infinity War is about Thanos getting the stones, and then Avengers 4 is, oh, the Avengers got the stones back, I think that's just boring. I don't think that's what the, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I think in some capacity sure, they do yeah. get them, but that's not the focus. Does that make yeah. sense? I, At least I, I hope you. Yes, it's also not the focus. Like yes. Yeah. I mean, the very least, like, Stan still has them, like, on, like, the gauntlet. They'll be used as, like, a weapon, probably, in some capacity. But, like, yeah. I think... That thing got, like, uh, trashed at the end. Fried. Right? It got fried. It's kind yeah. of like when someone, like, uses something, it's yeah. like, oh, we can only have one shot of this. And yeah, that's what, that's why I thought they were done with them. That's why I was oh. really hoping they were well, done with well, them. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, well, like, they, they could do something else that's kind of wacky and stuff, and, and yeah, we'll sure. see. Yeah. Um. So any. So final thoughts on Ant Man and the Wasp, guys. I feel uh, like we've. Large large parts of it were disappointing, but, um, there is enough to salvage from this experience that uh, I had a fun time watching it. Mm-hmm. It I was a lot, very funny. Yeah. I just I I I did not realize until we recorded this just how little character development there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And now I'm I'm actually a little more disappointed. Now. Yeah. But and you know it, it was, you know we keep saying the word pal- the phrase palate cleanser and like you're right like it was it was what we needed after mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that like you know like the like the first Ant Man was like two months after Age of Ultron, so it's it's interesting that the Ant Man series has that role, uh yeah. the post the epilogue, yeah the post um Avengers cool down. You know, but uh, and like that—that that brings up an interesting, another interesting point that I already mentioned about like bringing it down mm-hmm. to earth. Like the Avengers movie is like big, bombastic, crazy, and then Ant Man brings it back, brings it back to like small scale, small some scale would say. stuff, which I think is what Spider Man Far From Home is going to do because it comes out next summer. Yeah, bring us back, <laughs> and to it's and it's going to have it's going to have yeah. my, it's going to have Mysterio. So, which is going to be interesting because that's like it's bringing us back to reality, but Mysterio's whole like it's like, like yeah, power set is it, yeah. like I mean it's, it's not it's not is... it's not supernatural. It's just like like special effects and drugs mm-hmm. that like make people see shit. So it's like okay, I I can see what like the like the thematic line of that is. Yeah, because the thing is like the thing is far from home also has the job of not only sort of calming you down after Avengers 4, but also kicking off Phase 4, so I think that's why it's Spider-Man, Yeah. instead of, like, maybe Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, no, Ant-Man yeah. Not but, but, like, but, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is also back down to Earth stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. more, like, kids. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I think, yeah, because, sort of like what Chris is saying, like, we've all been using palate cleanser to describe this movie, and I think it's very accurate, but I also think, just based on what we've been talking about, with how, um, you know, if you go really below the surface and man doesn't and man the wasp really doesn't do a lot like most of the characters don't really grow and there's a lot of issues plot wise i feel like a better way to describe it is dessert because even you said like Ant-Man, a salad can be a pellet cleanser a salad is healthy like even dark chocolate is somewhat healthy but this just feels like a really like small strawberry shortcake like it looks good it tastes good yeah, strawberry shortcakes aren't palate cleansers. But like I'm saying, but like I'm saying, like, it's more like a dessert. Like then, I feel like it's more like a dessert than palate cleanser because you know it's it looks good and it's good for you. And it, no, it looks good and it tastes good. Or you could, or you could just say, not good for you. or or you could just say it's a salad that only is like oil and vinegar and not really like intense and like it doesn't have like much depth to it, but it like did its job. 
Is this a food podcast? Yeah, this is a food podcast. Hey, welcome <laughs> to AP Food, where we talk about food. Um, we we went to this place that Anthony Bourdain just visited. So yeah, blah 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 blah. It's great food. Blah blah um, blah blah. My sister just texted me. He she just says the phrase. She just texted me this. She just only said the after credits scene. Yep. Did she just repl- watch it? Yeah, and I just replied that poor Anne is in a loop while the role burns in the background. And she says, the movie ended on such a happy note. Next text is, and then, next text is, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, been a, there's been a couple good Ant-Man the Wasp memes about it already, being like, I think I want them... Like, one of my favorites is um, me being like, oh, Ant-Man's going to be, like, such a great, funny movie, and it's not going to be tragic or sad at all. And then the next image is just like, what's up? Like, from, like, Louis. Like, Louis <laughs> like, what's up? Yeah. What's up? I thought that the Hot Wheels car, like, little wheel thing was really cool, too. So good. There was so yeah. many, like, little tiny bits and stuff, like, the comedy points that were really funny. And I thought that I that never was... thought I would laugh, laugh at what's up ever again. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, remember that thing from the 90s? Remember like, that okay, thing from the 90s? Like, this is fine. This is like, yeah. oh my god. Because the fact that like no one responded to that, that's what made it funny to yeah. me. Um. <laughs> like, they all know. Like, we all know. Yes, yes, yeah. Alright. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was a, this is our Ant-Man and the Wasp hot takes. Oh, it's scalding hot. Very late I'm sweating hot right takes. now. Yeah. Yeah, it is midnight. Mid the eleven twelve thirty, and I have I have to wake I have to wake up at five thirty for work tomorrow. Oh, dear God, same. Uh, um, you know who we are. We could plug ourselves, but you know who Chris, we are at this point. Chris, hopefully. take it away. Compenderizer. I am Chris. I am uh, Chris Compendio and the Wasp on Twitter at Compenderizer. <laughs> That's my Twitter name right now. That's a good funny name. Uh, yeah. Also, a uh, little note. Uh, we were I was teasing online about some sort of Jurassic World. Uh, off-topic episode, and it wasn't really flying with the rest of Marvel News Desk, so, um, if you go on my social media, you can find that I uploaded that somewhere else. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we are, yeah. Uh, apparently it's very episodes, funny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, upcoming episodes will include, uh, next week we'll be talking with Eric McAdams about guns and violence in the MCU. Uh, week after that will be us with, uh, Rhiannon from the site, and, uh, our good buddy, uh... Oh, wait, no! No, 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 that's gonna be the week after, because that week will be, uh, the Fox deal. Yes! Um, and then, with Thomas Rasmussen, our, uh, Marvel Suko buddy, and he'll be back the week after that, we'll be talking with Rhiannon about, um, ethics in the MCU. Let's hope uh, that nothing, it? no, no major news happens between now and, well, I mean, like, a few weeks ago, and... Uh, next, not next week, but the week after with the I Disney mean, yeah, Fox deal. <laughs> yeah, like Disney will just cease to exist to be a, as a company. Yeah, then actually, uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll see what happens then. Because <laughs> it's already outdated. That episode's already a little bit outdated. A little bit. Yeah, like, uh, like, a, it's like a, like, like a tiny a, bit. Like, Comcast isn't yeah. a player anymore. Comcast isn't a player. But you should yeah. still listen to it because it's interesting. And we talk yeah, about yeah. we talk about like we talk about character stuff. It's, it's gonna, gonna take a charge, which will be interesting be and a, fun you, for Chris to edit. You people made that a goddamn mess for me. Oh, so it was it was just basically we'll like four friends just ranting about the MCU. Yeah, it was but fun. It was, but honestly, it's like one of the more one of the more fun episodes I think we've recorded. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. So that that's what's um, upcoming. Uh, Izzy, what's your social media handle? Um, I'm at Delirlin. Um, it's twelve thirty, so I won't spell it out. But 
<laughs> It'll be in the episode description. Yes. Right. Tony. Uh, yes, I am at the Pizza Taco on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys have other ideas for like what what you guys would like to see from us, just let us know. Um, I have some really cool ideas in the pipeline of like yeah. what, like really interesting things, and I'm trying to get some special guests. I don't know. We'll see if they respond on Twitter. We'll see. We're, we'll we're, see. we're trying to reach out to some people, people we know, and people that we idolize and don't know in real life. So we'll see if they notice us. <laughs> exactly. Notice me. <laughs> notice yeah. me. Um, yeah, but uh, you can also email me at uh, chris at marvelnewsdesk.com. Yeah. Uh, you can also just at any of us, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, once again, thanks to Steve Modder for that awesome uh, track that we play yeah. as our little theme. Yeah, uh, donate to our Patreon. Follow follow us at at Marvel News Desk. And uh, Anthony, you want to close us out? Um. Do do Wow. <laughs> The Makukurata plays at the end just to uh, tie it all together. Yeah. Uh, bye. Good night. Good night, everyone. I have to sleep. Good night. I need sleep.